your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 740 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers coming off of last night's uh, 5-3 win against the Florida Panthers on the road. Good performance by the Rangers overall, I thought. Uh, Yaroslav Halak had a big night. I know a lot of people were kind of panicked with some of the results that Yaroslav Halak was giving the Rangers earlier this season, but... Uh, two strong performances for him in a row, so we're going to talk about that. Also going to talk about some of the lineup decisions, as well as Alexi Lafreniere being uh, reinserted into the lineup and playing on the third line, so we will get to that as well. Uh, one thing that uh, kind of bothered me a little bit in this game, I didn't like the start that the Rangers had to either the second or third period, and it's unfortunate because, you know, they started this game great. I thought the Rangers absolutely dominated in the first period. A little bit of a sluggish start in both the second and the third period. So we'll talk about that. Uh, also, big night for Capo Caco. You know, he continues to uh, impress and play well. He now has nine points in his last 11 games. So we will talk about Caco, a couple of primaries in this game here tonight. And uh, also want to talk about uh, a quintessential Vincent Trocek play. If you could just look at one play the entire season as kind of the reason why the Rangers wanted to have this guy, Look no further than a play that he made while the Rangers were on the power play. But we will talk about that. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of you guys who saw this game probably already know what play I'm talking about. But we'll get to that. Want to start with Yaroslav Halak, though. I'm hoping that, you know, he's kind of rounding into form here and settling in as a, you know, solid backup option for the New York Rangers. Uh, we've talked about this in the past, but the role of the backup goalie has expanded in today's NHL. Uh, Igor Shosturkin, obviously the reigning Vezina winner, but he's not going to play all 82, and you need to have a backup that you can feel good about that can go in there and win you some games. And, you know, Halak, you got to give him credit here because it had been two weeks to the day uh, since he had last appeared in a game. Uh, he won that game as well, went to Philadelphia, beat the Flyers. Uh, the Rangers won that game 6-3. to three. Uh, he stopped 29 of 32 shots on that night, and I thought he was even better here against the Panthers. He stops 32 of 35 shots, really had a great game. Uh, I thought he made a lot of really good glove saves, you know, extending and, and reaching every which way to uh, snag the puck on a couple of different occasions. thought he also held up really well on a couple of scrambles in the crease. You know, there was a couple of chaotic plays where the puck was loose there, and uh, Halak, you know, held his ground, did everything he could to keep the puck out. So overall, very good night for Yaroslav Halak. And we'll get into uh, a couple of his uh, more specific moments in this game. There's going to be some overlap with some other things that happen in this game that we're going to talk about. Uh, there was one instance where, you know, Halak made a big save and then the Rangers scored a goal just a couple of seconds later. So uh, we'll get into some of his more specific saves, uh, his greatest hits, if you will, as we, uh, you know, continue through this game and talk about all the things that we're going to talk about here today on Locked on New York Rangers. But uh, to change gears really quick here, I wanted to go ahead and kind of assess the uh, the lineup that the Rangers went with in this game. Uh, so you've got pretty much what you would expect. I mean, I, I think most of us figured that Alexi Lafreniere would be back into the lineup. It was just kind of a matter of, you know, where he was going to play. I had a feeling probably third line was most realistic. Uh, they stuck with the same top six that they went with in the most recent game. 
Mika Zibanejad, centering Chris Kreider and Capo Caco. Strong night for that line, obviously. Uh, Mika Zibanejad with two goals, Caco with two assists. Kreider with uh, one goal, and I don't remember if he had any assists. Uh, he had one assist. So uh, those three players combining for six points for the Rangers. And then the second line, uh, good night for them as well. Vincent Trocek centering Artemi Panarin and Vitaly Krasov. The third line, Philip Hedl centering Alexi Lafreniere, who was back in the lineup, and Jimmy Vesey. And then the fourth line, you got Barclay Goodrow centering Sammy Blay on the left wing, Julian Gauthier on the right wing, and that means that Johnny Brodzinski was the odd man out for this game. I kind of had a feeling this might happen. I mean, to begin with, you know, Brodzinski, when he first came up, I thought he was standing out a little bit more than he has been recently. It's not to say that he's played terribly, but again, 29-year-old NHL, AHL swingman. It was probably his turn to uh, to take a seat here. I mean, I guess you could have made a case for maybe Sammy Blay as well, but Brodzinski comes out of the lineup. And the one thing that probably hurt his cause as far as potentially playing in this game is that he took a really bad offensive zone penalty in the most recent game. And when that happened, you know, to begin with, I figured Alexi Lafreniere would be going back in for this one. That means, of course, that somebody has to come out. And given that he hasn't really stood out all that much recently and took a bad penalty in the last game, just kind of had a feeling it would be Johnny Brodzinski. So I think that was probably the right call there. And Ben Harper continues to uh, play as the New York Ranger sixth defenseman. I believe this is now eight straight games for Harper. So uh, it seems like Gallant really likes what he's getting out of Ben Harper. And you know what? I have to agree. It's one of those things, and Glant talked about this not that long ago. We've talked about it on this podcast. Sometimes when you don't notice a defenseman, it might be a good thing because he's just doing all the little things right, and I think that continues to be the case with Ben Harper. Uh, we'll see how they look to play going forward. Maybe at some point, Hayek gets back in just to you know get him back into a game and, and keep him fresh and everything and make sure that he's ready to go uh, if the Rangers need him to step back in in any instance due to injury or anything else. But uh, right now, Ben Harper uh, seems to have a pretty good grip on that sixth defenseman job uh, for the New York Rangers. You know, there's times I wish that the Rangers would just go back to those line combinations that we saw that were working so well right before the break when they won eight out of nine, but it doesn't look like they're going to do that. Um, but at least, you know, they, they had a nice night here tonight. Broke out with some goals, uh, scoring five goals, a much-needed strong offensive output for the New York Rangers. And, of course, Alexi Lafreniere going back in. Big talking point coming out of this game for sure. Uh, apparently, by all accounts, he handled it very well. The coaches were showing him some tape and uh, letting him know what was expected out of him. Seems like he took it all in stride uh, as far as what he did in this game. He got 11 minutes and 48 seconds of ice time. There were only three Rangers with less ice time than Alexi Lafreniere. That would be Julian Gauthier with 8-12, uh, Sammy Blay with 10-29, and Philip Hedl, actually, with just 11-37. Uh, Lafreniere ended up a minus one on the night, one shot on goal, one block shot, and got a minute and 11 seconds on the power play. And as we mentioned when we were going through the lineup, uh, Lafreniere was out there with Philip Hedl and Jimmy Vesey. This line didn't really stand out to me that much on this night. I, I think the other three Ranger lines all uh, contributed a little bit more, played a little bit better. Not to say that this line was terrible, because I don't think that was the case at all. Um, just didn't stand out, didn't really seem to create a ton of scoring opportunities on this night. But you got to figure there's better days uh, coming for this group. Philip Peters had a nice season uh, for this Ranger team. And, you know, if this third line can, can gel and can click and produce some offense, that's going to obviously bode very well for the Rangers going forward. Uh, for what it's worth, Alexi Lafreniere, did get the Broadway hat after this game was over, slotting back into the lineup uh, for the Rangers. But we got a whole lot else to talk about. I want to talk about uh, the Ranger penalty kill. want to actually give some props to Jacob Truba. I think, you know, he's slowly but surely begun to turn it around recently, and I thought he had a nice game in this one. 
I'm going to talk about the rough starts to the second and third periods. A whole bunch of other things as well. Big night for Kako, big night for uh, Trocek. And we'll get to all that in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New Year Craners is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I use Athletic Greens literally every day. And I started taking it because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. And I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for about eight months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovering, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Costs you less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Something that I noticed in this game, and it's something that the Rangers do pretty often, but it really stood out to me in this game. Uh, The Panthers got four power play opportunities. They went just one for four. And I noticed that it seemed like, I don't know if it was all four power plays that the Panthers got, but I think it was at least three of them. The Rangers were starting with the same four penalty killers. That would be Mika, Kreider, Fox, and Lindgren. And these are the four guys that I want out there on the penalty kill, more so than anybody else. With the defensemen, with Fox and Lindgren, I just trust them more than any other Ranger defenseman. I think overall, uh, when you look at certainly consistency, those have been the best two Ranger blue liners on the team all season. And give me Fox and Lindgren on the PK. And I realize you don't want Adam Fox playing, you know, 32 minutes a night. I get that. But, um, you know, obviously the Rangers need to come up with some penalty kills in this game. Took a couple too many penalties. And uh, those guys are, are the ones that I trust more so than anybody else. And as for Mika and Kreider, I mean, they're both strong penalty killers. They're aggressive, they pressure the puck, but they don't do it to the detriment of the team. And both of them are capable of uh, giving you a shorthanded scoring opportunity. It's something that I think if you're on the power play against the Rangers and you've got Mika and Kreider out there, it's something that you probably have to be aware of. And they've come really close over these last handful of games here, Mika and Kreider, to getting a shorthanded goal. They're due for one and they're going to get one pretty soon, I I would have to imagine. So uh, we'll see. But I I do like those four uh, kicking off most penalty kills. And uh, while we're talking about the PK... Rangers currently ranked number 13th in the league. Um, It wasn't that long ago, and this might actually still be the case, where there was a stat that the Rangers have the best road penalty kill in the NHL, which is obviously very impressive. And it's kind of strange, though, because why would they be so good on the road, on the PK, where they're first, but only 13th overall? That would tell you that they're not very good at all at home. And I, I don't think, you know, home and away, it's not one of those things that should be affected that much or that should affect your penalty kill that much. But uh, obviously, there's some 
pretty bizarre splits there as far as uh, the Rangers' home and away PK is concerned. I also, uh, as I mentioned just a second ago, want to give a little bit of props to the Ranger captain, Jacob Truba. Thought he had a strong game in this one. You know, Ranger fans, and I include myself in this, have been tough on Truba at times this season, and there's times where I think his play has warranted it, but I think he's done a nice job as the Ranger captain. Uh, we talked about how, you know, him firing his helmet into the boards seemed to really light a fire under this team, seemed to get them going. Uh, they went on that big winning streak right after that happened, and, uh, you know, I think he's done a nice job being accountable and being a leader for this team. There's times where, you know, he's had a couple of miscues on the ice, but like I said, I think slowly but surely uh, he's rounding into form and uh, becoming the Jacob Truba that we need him to be. Uh, there was one play that really stood out in this game. Keandre Miller in the first period had a tough time handling the puck in his own zone. Florida took it away. They were going to get like a breakaway pretty much out of nowhere, and Truba saw this happen and immediately broke it up, knocked the puck away from the player, knocked it like into the corner, and uh, prevented a good scoring opportunity. Just one example, but overall, I think uh, Jacob Truba had a really nice night for the Rangers. One thing that, as far as you know, the opposite of a silver lining, if there's one thing I can nitpick about this game, it would be that the Rangers didn't really get off to a good start in the second period or the third period. Now, on one hand... You got to give some credit to the Panthers for starting both periods strong. I get the feeling that they probably had a pretty tough talking to during the intermission, the first intermission, because they played a really lackluster first period. But regardless, it was still kind of a, a rough start to the second and third periods for the Rangers. The second period, you know, Panthers had a really good first shift. Uh, there was a shot that they took that was kind of shanked, but it worked out in their favor, went right to Aaron Ekblad, and a really good glove stop by Yaroslav Halak here. Uh, Panthers then hit the post early in the following shift. So they're all over the Rangers. Rangers can't get the puck out of their zone. Rangers really back on their heels to start the second period here. Just uh, didn't seem like they were as ready to go here as they were at the start of the game. And then the Panthers had a two-on-one on the doorstep. The Rangers failed to clear the zone and a great play by Keandre Miller. It was one of those plays, it felt like it just went on forever because, you know, the Panthers had the puck, ran the doorstep there, and Miller was the only player that was still deep in the Rangers zone. Um, but, you know, the player, he, he delayed with the puck, tried to make a pass across the crease. Keandre Miller, good stick, knocked it away. So a great play by Miller there, um, you know, obviously making a big play while the Rangers were back in their heels. But the play was in the Rangers zone for like literally the first two minutes of the second period. So that was not an ideal start there. Then in the third period, again, you know, the Rangers, they had given up a goal at the end of the second period that saw their lead shrink from 3-1 to one to 3-2, to two. and not a great start here either. The Panthers all over them early in the third period. Uh, Yaroslav Halak with a nice save after the Panthers had driven to the net. He then made another save off of his mask, and then uh, Vera, he basically gave the Rangers a uh, late Christmas gift here and took an offensive zone penalty for basically no reason. So uh, that helped the Rangers, and the Rangers actually ended up scoring on that power play. So obviously they got an early third period goal, but that first, you know, minute, minute and a half there, uh, not ideal for the Rangers as far as the start was concerned. But like I said, if I'm nitpicking this game, that's really the only, one of the only negatives that I can point to, you know, the, the rough start in the second or third period. And obviously the Rangers survived it. Yaroslav Halak had a lot to do with that. And again, Vera, he kind of gift wrapping the Rangers a penalty there and giving them a power play and the Rangers taking advantage of it. There was also a play uh, by Vincent Trocek in the third period in this game. And this is actually what happened on the, the power play that I was just describing. So this, to me, sums up better than any other single play this season could possibly sum up why the Rangers wanted Vincent Trocek so bad and uh, why they 
you know, really went after him hard in free agency. The Rangers, you know, given their cap situation, they can only make one, you know, big-time impact signing. Trocek ended up being that guy, and uh, he seems to be paying dividends for this team. But basically what happens, Rangers are on the power play. Panthers get a shorthanded breakaway. Uh, Lundell's going in. He's behind the Ranger defense, and Trocek really hustled, really just kind of flew back up the ice there, was able to knock the puck away from him, break up the scoring opportunity, break up what would have been a breakaway chance uh, for Lundell. Rangers, you know, they immediately, they, they actually didn't get the puck. So the Panthers got the puck, and they tried to make a pass in the offensive zone and misfired, and it went free into the neutral zone. Kreider picks it up, gains the blue line, and Kreider really kind of delayed with the puck there. He was kind of along the boards. Uh, he knew what he was doing, though. He saw Trocek was moving back up the ice. Trocek goes to the net, and Kreider finally sends a saucer pass over his way. Trocek tips it in from the doorstep. So just an outstanding play there by Vincent Trocek on both ends of the ice. Breaks up a breakaway opportunity, then goes back the other way and scores from the doorstep. And a great job by Kreider here, too, being patient and uh, trusting his eyes, getting the pass over to Vincent Trocek. That was actually... Uh, Kind of a theme for the Rangers on this night. A couple of the goals that the Rangers scored, and we're going to see when we talk about Capo Caco here. A couple of goals that the Rangers scored, though, came as a result of somebody being patient with the puck, just waiting that extra second, even just half a second, to wait for a passing lane to open it up, wait for somebody to get to the net, whatever it might be. Uh, but a couple of Ranger goals coming as the result of the, uh, the primary assister waiting for the opportunity to develop. And, and that's obviously nice to see. Rangers, you know, being poised with the puck on their stick in that situation and uh, making it happen and, and finding a way to score some goals uh, after delaying with the puck just briefly. Uh, a couple of different instances where that happened in this game. But one thing I also want to do here, we're pretty far into the season. We're approaching the halfway point. And this offseason, you know, obviously the Rangers, they had free agents just like everybody else. And there was all this debate, you know, should the Rangers re-sign Ryan Strome? Should they re-sign Andrew Kopp? Should they look outside the team and try to get somebody else to be that second-line center? Realistically, the Rangers were only going to be able to make one of those three things happen. They weren't going to be able to re-sign Kopp and Strom and bring in Vincent Trocek. It was one of the three, basically. But to kind of just compare and contrast all three of these players as far as the season that they're having now, uh, Trocek had a goal and an assist in this game. He's now up to 13 goals and 17 assists in 38 games this season. He's also winning 56% of his faceoffs. Uh, he is a minus eight overall, but overall, I think he's done a really nice job for this Ranger team. To kind of check in with Stroman Kopp, uh, Strom with the Ducks this year, just eight goals and 10 assists in 37 games. Uh, he's also a minus five. I realize he's playing for a terrible team, but uh, Trocek obviously has Strom beat by quite a bit. And as for Andrew Kopp, you know, he had to deal with some injuries early in the season, but he's got just three goals and 17 assists for 20 points in 35 games. He's a minus two. So uh, Vincent Trocek has outplayed both of them, at least if you just go by points. And, you know, it looks like the Rangers made the right call there, at least, you know, as we approach the first half of the, the halfway point of the first season that Vincent Trocek has uh, played with the Rangers here. So, you know, again, they all had comparable deals. Um, you know, Kopp and Strom only had five-year deals. Uh, Trocek got seven, but the average annual value is about the same, and uh, it looks like the Rangers made the right call there. And I don't say that lightly because I, I really liked Strom when he was here. Andrew Kopp did a heck of a job after the trade deadline uh, this season, but I thought it was a good time to just kind of check in and, you know, compare and contrast because that was obviously a big decision that the Rangers had to make this offseason. You know, keep Strom or keep Kopp or go out and get somebody else, and of course it turned out to be Trocek and Trocek doing a heck of a job for the Rangers. 
Also want to talk about Capo Caco here. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, up to nine points in his last 11 games. Really seems to be coming into his own. Uh, he's moved around the lineup just like everybody else, but seems to be uh, clicking with pretty much anybody that he plays with. Um, and I want to kind of just go through uh, his two primary assists on this play. The first one came when the Rangers were up one to nothing. Uh, Yaroslav Halak made a great save. Uh, that's you know, like we talked about, there's going to be some overlap with some of Yaroslav Halak's best saves and some other things that we're going to talk about. But Halak made a nice save. Rangers break out the other way. Uh, really nice play by Braden Schneider. He showed some good burst through the neutral zone there. And I got to give props to all the Ranger forwards there. Would have been very easy to go offside on this play. Uh, but they were all very disciplined. All, you know, held their ground at the blue line. Saw that Schneider was just going to take it himself right up the center of the ice. That's exactly what he did. He went around behind the net. Leaves the puck for Capo Caco. And again, we talked about this just a second ago on the Kreider to Trocek goal. But what happened here, you know, Kako, again, he's behind the goal line, looking to pass. He hangs onto the puck for just that extra second. Mika reads the play. He goes in deep. And then Kako passes out in front into the right circle. And uh, Mika scores from the doorstep, gives the Rangers a 2 to nothing lead. As far as Kako's second assist, uh, this is the one that gave the Rangers a 3-1 to lead. And he set up Chris Kreider on this play. So you got Adam Fox. Just a brilliant cross-ice pass in deep to Kako. And Kako, again, very patient here, stick handling on the doorstep. And I think a lot of the Panthers, perhaps even Bobrovsky, believe that Kako was going to shoot. Instead, slips a short pass to Kreider, and Kreider scores from right in front of the net there, makes it 3-1. to one. So, obviously, Capo Kako, you know, he's, he's feeling it lately, and you hope that this is the long-awaited breakout. He's getting a chance to play uh, with Kreider and Mika. And... He's obviously doing very well with it. I would imagine the Rangers would leave that line intact given their recent success. We've been surprised by certain line combinations and you know the timing of, of line changes that Gerard Gallant has had at times. But um, you know you have to believe these three are going to be together uh, for the foreseeable future. They're going to have some rope here uh, given the performance that they had on this night and given the fact that uh, Capo Caco might finally be uh, having that long-awaited breakout. You know, there's always been flashes, but it feels like he's coming into his own. And it's not just the stats. It's the fact that when you look at him, he just looks like a confident player. He looks comfortable out there. He seems to like playing with Mika and with Kreider. Uh, you know, he'll hang on to the puck for a lot longer than he did when he was first getting into this league. Um, just overall, playing a good brand of hockey right now is Capo Caco. And you just keep your fingers crossed that he's right on the verge of, of something special here for this team because the Rangers are going to need it. They're going to need these young kids to step up and... Uh, you know, really take a, a big leap forward if the Rangers are going to ultimately get to where they want to go. Uh, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. The, the one other thing that I want to mention, though, Chris Kreider now up to 246 career goals. He is now tied with Steve Vickers for eighth all-time on the New York Ranger uh, all-time list. And anytime you're into the top 10 on anything, in your franchise's history, much less an historic franchise such as the New York Rangers. That's obviously a cool thing. 246 goals for Chris Kreider. Something else that I noticed, I noticed this uh, when the Rangers played the Lightning. I, I thought, man, that arena's quiet. The Panthers actually were even more quiet, I thought, on this night. So just kind of weird. You know, obviously the Lightning, and maybe this is part of it, the Lightning have won the Eastern Conference three straight seasons. They've won two straight Stanley Cups. Maybe the fans start to get a little bit spoiled and, well, you know, it's just another regular season game. But my God, that Tampa arena was quiet. And Florida, man, you could hear a pin drop. And I guess part of that was how the Rangers played. But, you know, this was a competitive game. And, and, you know, there were three different instances where the Rangers were up by two goals. The Panthers close it to just one goal. Not a lot of noise coming out of that arena. So just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, but up next, you know, the Rangers going to be back in action against the first place Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday at 7 o'clock. 
Uh, Rangers are now 20, 12, and 6. The Canes are 25, 6, and 6. They've really been on fire lately, and they now lead the Metro Division by 7 points. So going to be a good test for the Rangers. I'm sure Igor will be back out there. you got to put your best foot forward against uh, this division-leading opponent. And uh, definitely looking forward to that. Going to be a good barometer for where the Rangers are. And hopefully uh, they're 1-0 to start the new year. Hopefully you can keep the good vibes going and uh, rack up another win here uh, against a team that's really been feeling it lately. So uh, that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.